TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. So it was not a very good night for the Golden State Warriors last night. Steve Kerr is going to be joining us here in just a moment on 95.7 The Game. And as a matter of fact, that moment is right now. Steve is always brought to us by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi. Unbeatable internet only from Xfinity. Uh, Steve, as always, thank you so much for joining us. How you doing? I'm doing well. I, I, as you know, I prefer to do this show after uh, you know a rousing victory. So, um, poor timing this week, but um, you know that's that's kind of on me. So we, we've been talking about how you have been jumping in front of the train of criticism that might have come for your team after what is maybe as frustrating and head-scratching loss as you guys have suffered all year. Before we get into the granular of what went wrong last night, you know, you're, you're 20 and 21 through your first 41. If there was ever a time to assign a halftime grade, I guess it would be right now because we're halfway through what is your first half report on the Golden State Warriors? Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, a C. We're, we we uh, we haven't been good enough, um, but you know, we, we're we're passing the class because we're still in you know, right in the thick of everything uh, playoff wise. Um, but it's not not good enough, obviously. So our guys know that, our staff knows that, and. Uh, we do feel really good about uh, our our path ahead and where we're heading, but we've we've got to do better, and um, that's that's about as clear as I can make it. So you're not prepared yet to start cheating on exams? No, I will not be. Nor will I be purchasing the Cliff Notes. I'm I'm going to read the book. So we're <laughs> we're we're going to get there. Um, what is the most, to your way of thinking, the most frustrating part of the first half? And you can't say injuries because everybody's got some, and that's just bad luck. Yeah. Is it the fact that you haven't gotten consistent defense? Is I mean, well, you tell me. I mean, what's the thing that makes you grind your teeth the most about the first forty-one games? I think just the stops and starts. You know, we haven't really built momentum uh, consistently. We've had a weird, you know, home road variance uh, that would speak to. You know, a, a lack of uh, um, execution and resilience because that's what you need to win on the road. Um, so I, I think all in all, just you know, we're just not not good enough right now. Um, but you know, having said that, I I do feel very strongly that our team has the ability to to get where we need to go. And I've, I've watched these guys for for years, uh, our core guys. Uh, rise to the occasion. I know what they're made of. And uh, heading into the second half, I think we can see pretty clearly uh, on tape, you know, some of the things that, that are uh, causing us problems, and we're going to address those. And I believe in our guys. I think we'll uh, we'll get there. So you have said that it's the games that look easy that are, like, by definition, the trap games waiting for you in this league because other teams come out and they might be shorthanded, but shorthanded is opportunity for others. And this is a league full of competitive guys looking to take advantage of their opportunities. You said last night you blamed yourself for not having your guys ready to go. Did you mean tactically? Did you mean motivationally? Because you don't seem to look past teams 
So I'm going to put it more back on the guys in your locker room than you, to be totally honest with you, last night's loss. What can you do to change that? Because I don't think rah, 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 win one for the Gipper speeches really work well in professional sports, certainly not in a locker room as experienced as yours. Yeah, I just feel like there's uh, there's a couple losses like this every year, uh, and every team goes through this, um, you know, where during the 82 you run into a team that's wiped out, and you let your guard down, and and that team comes in, and they they're they've got seven or eight vets who are dying to play, and and uh, guys like Sharich uh, last night, um, you know, Tory Craig, guys who maybe don't get to take on a a, a role most nights. Uh, Joshua Kogi, you know, all these guys, they're pros. They've been around for a while, and they've had success, and and I just feel like. You know, when those nights happen, um, it's like I kick myself afterwards for not walking into the locker room and banging on the walls, you know, during our pregame meeting and, you know, and yelling, do you guys understand what's about to happen? You know, and and, uh, and I think uh, a lot of my colleagues uh, go through the same thing. You just, you know, it's, it's such a long haul and, you, and there's just going to be sort of normal um, human emotion letdown games and uh, and that was one of them and uh, but but I think on top of that I, I just think um, my staff and I could have done a better job um, you know preparing the team for you know for Phoenix and what they do what how they like to play us and um, and I just didn't think it was a good night for for any of us staff or players and and um, we've got to acknowledge that and address it just a suggestion to borrow from an Indiana guy. Should you look to get your team's attention, I recommend picking up the chair you're sitting in and throwing it across the court. <laughs> You'll lead off Sports Center. I can promise you that, Steve. Yeah, that that would work. I'd, I'd be out of a job, but you know, it might might work for that night. <laughs> um, I, I want to pursue this a little bit because I'm wondering how you, you know, pound pound the wall and say do you guys get what's going on here to a team of veterans and it makes me think of when you were with the bulls that was a team that was long on years by the by the end of their run and i'm wondering how many times phil jackson resorted to that i think it's different every every team is different um uh, you know our team my, my first five years coaching here you know we might have had one of those once in a while but it was um it was much less likely um due to matter i mean that you know we, we weren't 500 we we were you know cruising along in first place and it was easy to withstand a game like that and and, and move forward uh, but uh, those same games happened back in the day um no matter what era you're talking about it, it's uh like I said, it's, it's sort of human nature, but it's also the nature of the NBA season, uh, where you're going through you know, this this hall, and uh, and guys, you know, you, you end up with you'll hear the term schedule losses, um, you know, schedule wins. Like sometimes things are just lined up for you, and and then sometimes things are lined up for a trap, and and I think that was in hindsight sort of. That you know that perfect scenario last night where you know we're trying to reconfigure our rotation. We got a couple guys coming back in who haven't found the rhythm yet, and we're going against a team that's severely uh, undermanned. Um, that's a trap, and we we fell into it. Uh, you talk about how you're not where you want to be, and we're talking with Steve Kerr here on ninety five seven The Game. What is where you want to be? Can we talk a little bit about that destination? Is it a round of the playoffs? Is it a seed? Is it just your defensive effort? Like, give us the X marks the spot of where you want to be. Yeah, it's the uh, it's what the game looks like. What's the, what the process looks like? Um, you know, are we executing offensively? Uh, are we defending with a purpose? Are we rebounding? Are all five guys engaged? Or are we, you know, like last night, letting guys fly fly by us for offensive rebounds over and over? I thought Phoenix's physicality was the key to that game. You know, they got into into the ball um, late in the first quarter, took us out of our offense on several possessions, and finished the quarter on like an 8-0 run, and then um, 20 offensive rebounds for the game. 
because they were the more physical team, the more prepared, coached team, and um, and we didn't match that. So what I'm talking about is you know having that preparation, having that that look that you see from our team every year in the playoffs, where we we know what we need to do, and we do it. Um, but we got to get there first. We can't can't wait until the playoffs to turn it on. We we have to build better habits in a lot of areas in order to be prepared for that moment. Can you do that realistically on a five game road trip, or is this a much more gradual process? And that we might be looking at post All Star break before you feel like you've got them in the kind of rhythm you're looking for and described just now? No, this, this can happen quickly. I mean, you just look at our, our homestand just now, and, and I know we you know, we had injuries and, and all that, but, um, you know, the guys who were, were out there, um, they found a rhythm, and we won five games in a row, and everybody felt great about, you know, where we were. And, um, and then all of a sudden... You know, we lose three games in a row, and um, like, oh my God, what what happened? Where are we? So it, it, it can flip quickly, um, but the key is to to really lay all that stuff bare, and that's what I try to do as a coach: just really be open and honest with the team about what's happening, and watch the film, and talk to guys individually, talk to them collectively, and try to inspire them to to uh, you know to to play a better more complete game and um you do that a couple times on the road that's how you get momentum so is steph curry standing in the way of your cohesion since he's the new guy in the room i'm joking obviously but but you know like he he is back it's good to see him back when when do you worry about just unleashing him and not worrying about him being back but just looking at him as back could that happen as early as friday minute restriction off here we go yeah, I mean, I think you saw it in the fourth quarter. You know, we were, we played him the whole fourth quarter, um, and he, you could see he finally kind of got through, uh, you know, broke through early fourth quarter, mid fourth quarter. He made a couple threes. It was like, okay, there it is. You know, his, 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 his speed came back, his, his, his pop. You could just see it. Same thing with Wiggs. You know, Wiggs' role on this team is to be, a defensive stopper to put pressure on the ball to rebound, you know, to make those high energy plays that we need to support, you know, the the scoring of of Steph and and Clay and Jordan and and the great thing with Wiggs is that when he does that, uh, he falls into points anyway. You know, the, the playoffs last year, perfect example. You know, twenty plus games in the playoffs, and he was our best defender, and he was he was a rebounding fool, and and uh, you know, we we won the whole thing. Like that was that's what it's got to look like. But um, you could see Wiggs wasn't himself until the fourth quarter. So, so he found it too. And I, I you know, I don't I don't think Steph and and Wiggs are just now automatically a hundred percent. But they broke through a barrier last night, and I think that bodes well for the road trip. Uh, how much longer until we see Jonathan Kaminga back part of the team picture? Well, he hasn't practiced yet, so um, you know that that's uh, he's still a little bit away. We're going to need him. He's he's developed into a really good defensive player, and and um, you know a, a, an important plays an important role for us. So um, we'll see. I don't know how long it's going to be, but we need him back. Wiseman going to be back in the mix anytime soon? Maybe on this road trip. Same thing. Hasn't practiced, uh, nor has Jamichael. So all three guys need to get some practice time in before we can count on any of them to, to play any game so it's going to be a little bit has moses moody completely fallen out of i don't want to know is your favor your rotation it, it it's been a while since we've seen him in any significant portion of, of a game what, what's going on with his development and might we expect uh him playing a a, a part in your success this year at any time yeah, of course. I mean, he played a part in our success last year, and uh, he was a rookie then. So uh, I think that's why we're surprised uh, he's not in the, in the mix at all now, because it looked like a great start. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, you know what you have to keep in mind is there's there's only so many guys you can play, and frankly, you know, um, Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome have both played really well, and 
and play positions of need for us given the injuries, and that's why those guys have seen more minutes than Moses. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Moses. I think he's got a bright future. Uh, and what I told him was that this is year two of a 15-year journey, so you you can't look at it you know game to game. Can't be this emotional roller coaster. You just have to look at it big picture, and and uh, I think Moses will be fine. It's just uh, you know it it takes it takes time for young players to develop, and this is all part of his his development. You've said in the past that one of the things that you've had going for you as a team is the fact that nobody has really sort of taken command of the conference and run away from everybody else. Are you running out of time to be able to apply that logic? Do you see teams that are poised to start running away from things if you can't get your stuff together? Uh, Or do you think it's going to be the kind of year where... You know, a team's going to win 56 games and win the conference, and you'll be in it throughout. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it obviously over the last three games, you know, we've we've fallen behind um, Memphis and, and Denver. Uh, you know, the teams that that have extended themselves a little bit, and you look at half the games, half the season left, and all of a sudden you're, de- you know, you're seven games back instead of three or four. It's a big difference. So, uh, I, I don't, I don't pay too close attention to, to that. I think what, what our team and I are most interested in is the, the process of, of getting better and playing well and, and stringing together some, some good games. We do that and we, and if we start winning, then all that stuff, um, kind of takes care of itself and you know the ideally you you want to be healthy and playing well going into the playoffs and you want to avoid the play-in tournament and and um you know those are all things that are uh, well within our grasp steve will the romance of a game in the alamo dome wash over you at any point in time on friday <laughs> you know, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's going to look different. I mean, when when I played in the dome with the Spurs, we played in the corner of the dome, and they they rolled up some bleachers and a you know huge curtain, and you you played in you know kind of one pocket of it. This game, as I understand it, is going to be played in the middle of the dome, and uh, you know it's going to feel like we're out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it's we're we're flying in tomorrow first thing, and then practicing once we get there, which will be good for our guys to, uh, you know, to get a, uh, you know, some shooting up, get get used to the sidelines and all that. But I am looking forward to it. Just you know, a, a place that my family and I uh, spent uh, for you know many years in, and and uh, a lot of great memories with my time with the Spurs. So it's always fun going back there. It's going to feel like a Final Four game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it will feel like a Final Four, and uh, some of our guys have experienced, you know, that that type of atmosphere. Draymond, Steph, both in college played it in domes. I, I think uh, Dante, Jordan Poole, you know, played in Final Fours in big, huge domes. So there is some experience with it. Um, let me ask a more pertinent and burning question that may strike you weird. Who are you rooting for on Saturday, Pete Carroll or the local football team? <laughs> I'll tell you what I have—I've uh, really enjoyed uh, watching the Niners this year. I've, I've gotten to know uh, John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan a little bit. I, you know, went down to their facility early in the season, watched them practice, spent, spent some time with them, spent some time with with both of them uh, in the off season in San Diego. So. Uh, you know, being here in town, it's easy to to, uh, to just feel the 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 energy for the Niners and the momentum they've got. And uh, I'm uh, I'm absolutely pulling for for the Niners. And uh, just don't tell Pete that. You got a, a <laughs> you got a couple of back way. Well, you got a back to back on this this five game road trip. Starts in San Antonio, then it goes to Chicago. You're going to take on Washington as well. Does that include a trip to the White House for you guys this year? Yeah, we're excited about that. Um, we'll we'll be going there. I think the day after our game. Um, so next uh, Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, I believe. Yeah. So. We're excited about that. Um, everybody's got to bring a suit. We haven't had to do that 
on road trips in a while, but uh, no, that'll be that'll be a, a great treat, and uh, our guys are really looking forward to it. Has Steph reached the plateau of fame that officially has presidents more excited to meet him than he is excited to meet presidents? Probably, I think that's a, a fair statement. <laughs> so he's basically going to walk up, say, "Say, Joey, what's happening?" <laughs> Probably something like that. Um, I, w- I want to go back to uh, your visit to the 49ers um, just briefly. When you go to another team to sort of talk to them about how they do things, what specific questions do you ask? What are you looking for in terms of knowledge from people who basically operate a different sport in a different atmosphere under sort of different external forces what what is it you wanted to know from the Niners and what is it you generally want to know when you talk to people from other teams and other sports yeah so when I when I visited with Kyle last summer um, you know we we uh, we were we didn't play in the same group but we had we were you know, part of a, a couple of foursomes that went out and we had a beer afterwards and the worst we were sitting there after the round, and I, I said, I, I just am interested in the details. Like, I, I love football. You watch the quarterback come up to the line, and he's pointing out, you know, 51's the mic and, you know, saying all this terminology and Omaha, and you know. And, and so I just asked Kyle, like, what, what, is, what does all that mean? Like, what's, what's happening? Um, what, what, what is the quarterback talking about? And um, it was fascinating hearing his answer because he he explained what you know quarterbacks are doing in, in general you know pointing out the uh, where the middle linebacker is to help the offensive line you know uh, in their blocking scheme and but then he he followed it up by saying you know I just I, I think some of that is is just overkill and you know I like to simplify things for my my teams and my quarterbacks and like that stuff translates directly. Uh, to to what we do and what we teach, and I think there are a lot of things that I've learned from uh, football and from soccer that you can implement on the basketball court, um, and and that's that's one of them. You know, like we we might run, you know, five or six basic patterns uh, with the Warriors. Um, how can we simplify that? You know, and one way to simplify it is is you know to to have uh, you know different. You can dress it up, you know. You can dress up your stuff with with different looks, but then you're still running the same same action. Um, that's a good way to keep it simple for the players because then they know like these are your main five or six actions. The other stuff is just sort of you know you're trying to confuse the defense. It's the same same concept in 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 terms of after timeout plays in basketball. That was a great question, Ray. And that was a great answer, Steve. Thank you very much. That was good. Oh, never mind that. Who bought the beer? <laughs> uh, I think Kirk McCaskill, uh, yeah, former Angel pitcher, you may remember. I think he paid for the beers that day. So that's what, what you do when you go to other teams. You look for a third guy to pick up the tab. Always smart. Always, yeah. That's very, very. That's good scouting, is what that is. How often, since we're talking about what you learn and what you need to change, and like the skullduggery of it all, how often do you have to change up your in-game calls because you know the the other dugout is studying the third base coach? Yeah, you, you know you um, you don't do a ton of that. Um, every NBA team has a, a, a traveling scout. That is uh, looking at, the, and they're sitting courtside. We have our own Scott Vaughn, who sits courtside. You know, at uh, the last Spurs game, he was definitely there, and he was charting all of Pop's calls. And uh, you can, if you want, you can kind of mess around with that a little bit. Um, one way to do it is, you know, you could uh, they run an out of bounds play, and instead of naming the out of bounds play. Let's say you watched uh, a college game in Michigan, you know, uh, ran a great out-of-bounds play. You could call it Michigan, or you could just, you know, say to the team, hey, any any Big Ten school we name, that's the same play. So you could run the same play and call it Iowa State and try to confuse your 
your opponent. We've done that before. The problem is you usually confuse your own guys, too, so you got to be a little careful. With oh, that. I mean, Iowa State's in the Big 12, so you just confuse yourself. Okay, there boy, you go. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> thank you for joining us, at as always. Good luck on the road trip. Further health to you and your team going forward. I know you want the second half to be a lot better than the first half, and I'm just happy to learn that when you get together with other coaches, you're not talking about Bay Area media members you want to go about avoiding, so that's that's music to my ears. Thank you very, very much as always, and, and good luck. Yeah, all right. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Steve Kerr here, brought to you by Xfinity. It's a good conversation. Good stuff at the end there. Right? Really, I'm glad you came back to that question. It was interesting. What do these guys talk about? How much can a coach learn from another coach? It's fascinating. Yeah, and I, I guess I was curious because... Those always seem from the outside to be pretty pro forma, just, you know, a, a professional courtesy to somebody else who's making nine million a year. It's a photo op more than anything. Yeah, else. but it's, it's also good to, to know that they drag in former baseball players to pick up rounds. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of detail that I think you expect to see from a coach is, you know, we need to bring in a sucker. And I think that's a valuable skill to just go, okay. Who can we work? Get a fall guy, get a rube, get a fan. Get a mark. Absolutely. Um, I wonder if Bob Myers has not already marked Steve Kerr as an event, an eventual guest. Have you seen this news today? I, I heard. Bob Myers and Peyton Manning are now partners. Maybe this is why Bob has decided... He doesn't want to be in the NBA anymore. It's time for him to be a podcaster or a broadcaster, and he'll be leaving the Golden State Warriors for a job behind a microphone, as glorious and glamorous as they indeed are. Uh, all jokes aside, ESPN and Omaha Productions are launching a new podcast hosted by Bob Myers. The name of the podcast is going to be called Lead by Example with Bob Myers. It debuts on January 17th. And his first guest is going to be Ryan Rollins. I'm kidding, of course. The first guest is going to be Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah, funny the way that works. Yeah. Uh, all proceeds, and you got to give Bob all credit to this, whatever they are paying him, whether it's a lot or a little, all proceeds are going to go to the Warriors Community Fund. So that's very nice of Bob to do that. Bob's done well in his career, probably doesn't need the pittance that uh, uh, careers with microphones usually make for guys oh no you get 20 mil out of a deal with peyton manning because he's swimming in money too well again as we talk about bob myers future with the golden state warriors having a level of uncertainty around it right now that it's never had before you know we've discussed is bob weighing his options would bob like a lucrative career somewhere else in sports that doesn't come with an iota of the stress of trying to win an NBA championship every single day you're rolling out of bed. He's going to put pressure on himself wherever he works. And if he doesn't, his boss will do it for him because he comes with a resume that basically says, I've won titles there, now win, win a title for me. Um, so I think that pressure is always going to be there unless he wants to get out of the business entirely. I think this is largely, and I know you'll be surprised by this, this is largely about money. And money either in terms of just contractual cash or equity. Because equity is what general managers who do what Bob Myers has done usually get. They usually get a piece of the action. Billy Bean got 5% of the A's without winning a title. And I, th I think Joe Lacob, you know, unless he feels like Bob Myers is somehow holding him up, he's got equity to spare. I don't think that's a big problem. Well, and it shouldn't be. There's a real big difference between 1% of worth something about a half a million dollars or half a billion dollars and 1% of something that's worth $8 billion. So maybe... Because the Warriors are now at a level that no one could have ever foreseen. Maybe equity isn't the nickel that gets flipped ceremoniously any longer. Because that's no longer a nickel. That's 
hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, if it's just 1%, it doesn't have to be that. Because, I, I mean, and in terms of what Billy Bean made or didn't make, it was interesting today that um, front office sports reported that Major League Baseball took in $10.8 billion in calendar year 2022, which is the most they've ever taken in. Which means that whatever you want to say about dwindling attendance or the A's don't know what they're doing about this, that, or the other thing, they still took, you know, if you divide $10.8 billion by 30, they took in $330 million off this media deal and all the other things that Major League Baseball generates. So equity is lots of different things for lots of different reasons. And I think that if Joe Lacob wants to start squeezing quarters on the general manager who's delivered four rings. I guess my point is these are no longer quarters. No, but metaphorical quarters. Um, I mean, that, he doesn't have an excuse for, for letting this fail over money. That will be Joe Lacob's fault and entirely his. There's no indication that he is about to make that fault. No, that's to I'm his simply saying if Bob Myers leaves because they can't come to an agreement on proper compensation, Joe Lacob is Joe Lacob will be at fault there. Period, because you don't let a guy with Bob Myers' resume and number of years still to perform the job at at the level that he's been performing it. You don't get you don't get to skate on Jeep. We were $3 million a year apart. You know, shut up. Pay him the three. Period. Seems like the right thing to do, considering all that has happened. Um, since we're talking about general managers, two little bits of news to fold in around the topic of GMs. Uh, 49ers assistant general manager, Adam Peters, who was the vice president of player personnel before he got the bump in title, is turning down interviews specifically with the Tennessee Titans and there's one other team that he said thanks but no thanks to um, officially. Arizona? Arizona. It was Arizona. And he is turning down general manager interviews. This is his 20th NFL season. He came to the Niners in 2016, even though Adam Peters is not a household name. He has been an industry-wide name in up-and-coming uh, player personnel guys in football for years now. He is, without doubt, Ray, ready for his I-can-be-a-GM-somewhere-else close-up. What I think is about to happen is he's turning down these jobs because there has already sort of been a reshuffling of titles agreed upon down in Santa Clara. I wouldn't be surprised at all that when this year is over and you get into the business of your offseason and reorganizing and replacing coaches and what else and so on and so forth, I bet you that John Lynch gets promoted to a new title that is, you know, executive director of football operations or something like that. You see Adam Peters installed as the title holding general manager while Kyle Shanahan retains all final decision-making power over the whole thing, which means it's his operation anyways. And these other two jobs, as important as they are, their titles are a bit ceremonious than they are matter-of-fact. I bet you that's what happens. I bet you there's a nice bump for Adam Peters to stay, a new title of GM on him. John Lynch gets kicked upstairs to an even grander title, if you will. And Shanahan stays in charge of the day-to-day -day operations anyway. But oh, it's not so much the titles, though, as much as it is the responsibilities, because and this is true in baseball. Now, there are a lot of guys who run baseball operations departments, but aren't the general manager, because in an increasing number of franchises, the general manager is the one who has to deal with the owner and has to deal with, you know, media rights and has to deal with stuff that isn't baseball. And so there are a lot of guys who run baseball departments who don't want to do all that. And Adam Peters might very well be that guy. He just says, I don't want to have to go speak to the Rotary Club. You know, I don't want to have to fly out for league meetings. I want to do football. And it doesn't really matter what his title is. There's probably a bump coming for him financially. But it doesn't really matter if he gets a different title 
as long as he's not the one who has to go trotting up to Jed to explain this, that, or the other bit of minutia. Some guys just want to do scouting and football ops. And he might very well be one of those because if he's saying, I don't want to be the general manager in Arizona and I don't want to be the general manager in Tennessee, what that sounds like to me is, I don't want to get further away from the football part and closer to the holding hands with the owner part. Because the holding hands with the owner part can be a real pain in the arse. As a 49er fan, with your own interests, of course, being selfish, let me just say this. No matter what Adam Peters calls himself, no matter how often he needs to bring good or bad news to Jed York's desk, no matter what his job entails, if his job remains in San Francisco, advantage Niners. He's good at what he does. But if if John Lynch is getting kicked upstairs with a fancier new title, that probably means he's going to have to be the one who does the Rotary Club and the holding hands with Jed. And I think John kind of likes that. He's a schmoozer, and, and he might very well. I mean, he's it's you know, and he's good at. But it. Adam Peters has always struck me not as a company guy, but as a football guy, and football guys like to be left to the football. Well, here's the deal about Adam Peters. Outside of being able to recognize him. I have never heard him say a peep on the record in a press conference. I have no idea and, and, what he would be like in front of the media. And that's did. another thing that he probably likes is that he doesn't have to do the dog and ponies. Uh, since we're talking GMs, there's one other that I'd like to bring up here and now, and his name is Farhan. Ray, I've been talking to enough people this offseason. Media members, current major leaguers, Former major leaguers, current former San Francisco Giants. I got sources is what I'm basically trying to tell you. Because I want to keep those sources close to my ears. I'm not going to tell you who they are. Grandy. It's not Grandy. But he might have some inside information for us tomorrow. So stay tuned to 3 o'clock. Farhan has communication issues. And it's part of the reason why the 49, excuse me, the San Francisco Giants do not land big fishes. This is a shared feeling that Farhan has communication issues. It's a shared feeling in the clubhouse. It's a shared feeling among agents. It's a shared feeling among free agents. And he moves at his own speed, which projects right or wrong a level of aloofness and arrogance and detachment from concepts of urgency that other players really want to feel when they're being pursued. You know, how do you make me feel is a big part of who you end up settling down with. Of course, big buckets of money always help as well. Players think Kapler is a bit of an oddball. Just, you know, he's like they kind of laugh like, geez, he, you know, he's still really into push-ups for someone who should be further down the road than that. Uh, it's not that either one of these guys have bad reputations, but Kapler's kind of an oddball in the eyes of players, current, former, future, prospects, whatever. And Farhan has got a little Dorcas Malorcus that runs through him so hard that he is not the -the on-the-phone charming communicator that sometimes you might need to close deals And all things considered, this ballpark's reputation for suppressing offensive everything does absolutely no favors to break the tie. So they got a quirky GM, a quirky manager, and a ballpark that scares guys away. And all of these things are factoring into yet another, that didn't go the way they planned it offseason. Ray, I know you talked to people, you got sources. Have you heard this about Kapler and Farhan? Uh, you find that it, I, I have not heard that specifically about Farhan, but you find that more and more general managers who are analytically bent uh, tend not to worry about the, you know, the, the, the schmoozing part. And this is not just, you know, dealing with the media because Farhan can do that dance when he wants to, but he doesn't do it very often. And I think it's because he doesn't like to. I mean, he's a little bit like David Forrest over in Oakland, who does that relatively grudgingly. He doesn't enjoy that part of it because 
you know, he doesn't view that as an important part of the job. And maybe it isn't media-wise, but if that's a problem for Farhan in terms of dealing with agents, dealing with players, um, and he doesn't have a representative in the dugout who can help smooth that over if Kapler is the, quote, the weirdo that you you suggest he is, then, yeah, that's a hole in the organization. And it isn't just that Farhan doesn't do it. It's that maybe it's not getting done. And so you can apportion that any way you want, but somebody has to be able to be the person you can reach out and touch. And when Brian Sabian was the general manager, you know, he was not, he didn't hang around to do a lot of media stuff, but he spoke baseball. And he spoke baseball to agents. He spoke baseball to players. He spoke baseball to other scouts. And that's a skill that you that you perfect over the years. And maybe Farhan simply hasn't been at this long enough. But if it's a hole that they've got, he's got to figure out how to fill it, whether it's him or somebody else. Meanwhile, Carlos Correa was introduced in Minnesota today. He says he is very happy that he'll be raising his kid Minnesota nice. And he's got about a half decade of Juicy Lucy's to enjoy in front of him. Look it up, kids. It's a burger with a cheese inside. Uh, When we do return, it is for just a moment or two. Two questions that we might have, well, one question and one observation that we should have brought up right after the 49ers actually beat Arizona in the final game of the year. If we don't get to it today, it's officially old news. So that is coming up next. Plus, we will pay tribute to the man who invented the concept of the fluffy cloud. So don't go anywhere. Damon and Ratto here. We're brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. It's officially time to wrap things up, Ray, with a couple of points. A question that we might have asked earlier in the week when the win over Arizona was fresher in our minds than the game that's coming up against the Seattle Seahawks. So I'm going to ask you right now, do you think that was really the final game for J.J. Watt? Yeah. He's going to make more money not beating his head against the walls than he was making it beating his head against walls. And he's been at this long enough that, A, he knows that there's a fortune waiting for him. And I think he's also looking at a career that, frankly, is in decline because he's played a lot of years and he had a lot of collisions. And I'm not saying that he's infirm, but he might be one of those guys who has the option to leave when he wants to. Because I cannot imagine when he started his career he thought it would end with the Arizona Cardinals. 
No, he probably couldn't have imagined a career either where he was a five-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, All-Decade Team, and very likely a first ballot Hall of Famer. So why not get off the stage while the getting's good? And he strikes me as a guy, like, take him at his word, face value kind of guy. And he's got a big personality. If he wants a media career, that's waiting for him. He also says he wants to spend an awful lot of time with his newborn son. But maybe he gets that itch to chase a ring because if there's anything he also is, and I say this with all love and respect, he is a premier football meathead. And... Those guys love chasing championships. Could you imagine J.J. Watt on a I'm chasing a ring flyer with the Niners? I've never given that a moment's thought, but that's one of the positions where they don't really need J.J. Watt. They are covered. And again, I also think that his days as... Two sacks in his final game. He had 12 and a half on the year, Ray. Yeah. Sacks they don't have a problem with. I would use my money elsewhere. Hey, fewer sacks this year than last year. Not that we're criticizing, but we are counting these. But I mean, I I think it's fair to to look at his career and say he's been better. And I'm not, that's not a criticism. I just think A, the Niners don't need him. And B, I'm not sure he is that football meathead that continues to need it. Because if he's looking at the kind of money that he's going to look at post career, well, you now have broadcasting opportunities that pay better than playing opportunities. There is no doubt about that. But I will say this about J.J. Watt. He's a competitor. So we'll see when it's all said and done. Uh, Speaking of a competitor, there was never a competitor that Bob Ross didn't defeat easily if the competition was painting on PBS. Ray, today, 40 years ago, The Joy of Painting with Bob Ross debuted on PBS January 11th, 1983. It's like meditation. Have you ever watched The Joy of Painting with Bob Ross? If you say you never have, you're lying. No, I have never watched. I've never been interested. I know that it existed because people would make fun of it, but I'm not interested in painting. I hire people to paint. I don't need to. I'm not. I'm not. When's Canvas the last time space. you commissioned artwork? In a previous life, maybe <laughs> in the 13th century. I'm going to tell you right now, you could do a lot worse than spending a half an hour of a Sunday afternoon with Bob Ross in a rerun. He would have the squirrel peanut that would come out of his pocket. He had a, he had a pet squirrel, right? And he had an afro. And he was an unbelievable painter, if you like, the same painting of a woodsy sort of cabin over and over and over again. But it's amazing how he could do it. And just when you think he had that painting perfect, this SOB would drop a big tree trunk right in the middle of the whole damn thing, changing the foreground and background. And you're like, oh, no, he ruined that painting with a tree. He had the fluffy clouds. He had everything he needed. And then this damn tree comes in to ruin the painting. Five minutes later, you'd be like, that tree's perfect there. What a brilliant artistic choice he made. He sounds like a rustic version of Thomas Kincaid. It, kind of, kind of. That's when, and that sounds absolutely repellent to me. I'm glad I've never seen it. Oh no, but he was much better than Thomas Kincaid. Much better. I know there was a gallery of Thomas Kincaid stuff in Scottsdale, Arizona, in the mall where, too. Yeah, yeah, where you charge through the nose for a Kincaid painting, even though it was a poster at that point. It wasn't whatever, right. whatever it was. I never saw a Bob Ross gallery. So, and in any event. I wouldn't watch either of them. There's a documentary about Bob Ross. It's really good. You should check that. There's out. a documentary about everything. We're, we are living, we are sick with documentaries. And most of them never needed to be made. But we have 7,000 channels and they almost be filled with something. By the way, I did, I, I texted Bob Myers today and I was like, oh, great, Bob. The world needs another podcast. Thank goodness. Yeah, I mean. He wrote back. He's like, thanks, Sam. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I just. That's probably one I'll miss, too. What if he gets more downloads, Bob Myers does, than, than Draymond Green? Jealousy? Afoot? Uh, no, because Draymond's going to be getting that TNT money. He will be getting that TNT money. The podcast, I mean, he's doing that in his pajamas. Did you see Shaquille O'Neal's new hairline last night? 
They were making fun of it. Or maybe you didn't stick around for postgame. A lot of Warriors fans probably didn't. Shaquille O'Neal was looked like he had a drive-in movie screen based on the way that he took what is normally like a circumference issue and just made it into a straight line across his head. He had the give me the Jalen Rose. The James a, Brown. The stark the very stark line of demarcation that is your hairline the, the where CBS your forehead James starts. Brown. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um not the Godfather of Soul. I do yeah, I do not I do not remember him having hair. So it never occurred to me to think of seeing that. And especially how that the show tends to deteriorate when they have to follow the the West Coast game. Because it's one thirty in the morning and you know that they'd rather be a sleeper drunk. Well, and you got the you got the players only with the backup crew other than Shaq. And by the I do Although, like Candace Parker. Candace Parker is great. She she's should good. be she should be part of the main four because she's the conscience that Kenny Smith tries to be. Because I believe she would tell Shaq and Charles to shut up, and they would and she would be right to do so. She might be. There's no doubt that Draymond's going to be perfect for that role. Yeah, as well. she might be one of the five best studio analysts in any sport in America. By the way, let me drop this too because there's one other thing from that game against the Arizona Cardinals that we didn't bring up and I should have just piggybacked right off of J.J. Watt and his career sacks because the the Ty McGill sack celebration where he did the yummy yummy in my tummy, we should have brought that up earlier in the week. He uh, Normally, to see hip movement like that, you got to go to the gold club. Ray, what'd you think of the yummy, yummy in my tummy, egregious hip swivel on Ty McGill? I suspect we'll hear about a fine on Friday when the NFL usually announces its fines. It really did have the perfect amount of sass on it. So, bravo. Bravo to all involved in this program. Thanks to Steve Kerr and Mike Salk. John, thank you for filling in today. Grandy, thank you very much. Evan, thank you very, very much for sticking around, although I've never seen you actually leave the building. I think you might live in a utility closet um, so, you know, let us know where you're getting your mail, Evan. Uh, thank He's you very- getting it here because it's in lieu of salary. He can't afford to live anywhere. Hey, but we will receive your parcels. That's the kind of company we are here. Yeah, he knows the FedEx guy personally. Sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.